Welcome back, everyone, to Drunk Bible Study Bonus Edition. This is for Jeremiah 4 to 5 and Psalms 31 to 32. Am I right on that? Yeah. 31 to 32? Yeah. Crushed it. I did it. Wow. Didn't even have to look at that. Wow. Um, yeah, Jeremiah continued to bullfrog out, and I <laughs> had to look up things about bullfrogs because I didn't really know, like, in my is mind... This just- yeah, I was just wondering, is this just going to be weeks and weeks of bullfrog facts whenever <laughs> we're done reading Jeremiah? I, think, I mean, I think what I found today was pretty, it's pretty all-encompassing, honestly. Mm. We don't need to like continue to look at these bullfrogs necessarily, unless we're just like very moved by them. Okay, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, I looked up bullfrogs and to my sadness, they don't wing out in the face I had this idea. Now, what of, did you mean by that? Yeah, like, like, yeah, the Dilophosaurus in uh, Jurassic Park. Like, it would just create a larger kind of bill of a facial region, <laughs> and it would create like a, just like a giant face. Do you mean like, like bullfrogs, when think- like when they're like cheeks puffing out? Or their throat puffing out? Sure, I don't know. I just I didn't know if in a moment they would decide to. To become larger in the facial region, you know? <laughs> but it turns out they don't. Well, what did you find? They they don't. I mean, they're just, you know, they kind of like exist as they are. And something that I found was that they are terrifying hunters. Terrifying. Like, that tongue can do things. Truly amazing. <laughs> I found a YouTube video, and I want to play it for you all because it's fairly short. Um... Yeah, it talks all about their killing capabilities. You know, wow. I'm I'm vegan, but I'm all right with these animals performing as they would in the wild. By all means, like it's fascinating. So, so okay, so here we go. Let's 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 see. Okay, this what is this is from uh, National Geographic. It looks like there's a little excerpt from something of theirs. Who knows what? Yeah, yeah. Whoa, this bullfrog is like flipping. Frogs aren't just selective eaters, feasting only on flies. No. What do they eat? Tell us. Everything. The bullfrog, for example. Whoa. (laughs) Okay, there's spiders. Giant tarantula. That's a tarantula. Scorpions. Scorpions. Like, they're in Arizona. Snakes. Snakes? Snakes? A bullfrog will eat a snake. Fish? Wow. But how do they that looks like a rat in its face. <laughs> yeah, how do they do it? Does their tongue have daggers on it? Bullfrogs don't have big claws, mm. no. sharp beaks, no. or fangs. Just little innocuous creatures. Yet they overcome pinchers, poisons, and spicy stingers. Whoa, spicy stingers. Spicy is an interesting <laughs> choice of words. <laughs> With a mouth as big as the great outdoors. <laughs> huge. Dang, he is murdering that scorpion. Wow. Ready to swallow just about anything. I mean, I so it's just purely the size to, of their mouth? I guess. Swim 20 feet to shore. I want bullfrogs to hang around and my house and kill spiders. And... 20 feet, Whoa. Meal, turn around and hop back into the pond. Mm, I see it's the amphibious assault tactic. It's really mm. cool. They've even been known to stalk birds what? like a lion what? on the prowl. Birds? No, surely not. We are not going to watch this bullfrog eating a bird. He's jumping in the air in slow motion. Oh my gosh. (gasps) Wow. 
a bird. And they don't stop at their feathered friends. They'll even eat each what? other. What? Oh, Ew. No. Dark. This got dark. A small bullfrog that doesn't watch its step can easily become food for a bigger frog. Jeez. They are quite cannibalistic. A young bullfrog must quickly learn one simple froggy fact. Eat whatever it wants. Just don't end up on someone else's I can't believe we're, we're sitting here watching a bullfrog eat another bullfrog. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. That really... Wow. Jeez, so Jeremiah is like a cold-blooded killer is what you're trying That's to say, th- Emily. No, yeah. totally. That's yeah. the thing. Like, I... I really respect Jeremiah in a way that I didn't before. <laughs> Knowing now I'm that saying. he like, will eat other prophets if he needs to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, I feel like he's a big bullfrog because it was talking about the fact that like smaller bullfrogs gotta, gotta watch out. <sighs> yeah. So, Who knows how many lesser prophets Jeremiah has consumed on exactly. his way, on his that's path what to, And that's today. what I'm talking about the hierarchy, Dedeker. Thank you. <laughs> like lesser, you literally said it, lesser prophet because he's a higher yeah. prophet and so therefore he can eat the lower prophets. It, it mm. makes me wonder if it might be a little bit like in the Highlander universe, where when a bullfrog oh. prophet eats another prophet, they then gain some of their prophecy powers. Oh, and yeah. cool. Yeah. That's how like the great Dark prophets Souls. became great, was by yeah. eating other prophets and, and getting their, it's a their powers. Bullfrog eat bullfrog world out there, you yeah. know? Yeah, Literally. it's true. <laughs> Literally, yeah. that is true. That's a true fact that you just <laughs> said. That's true. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. So, well, I learned a lot today. So, I also tried to learn a little bit about. The personal lives of prophets, because you okay. had so many questions about it, Emily. I, and I did. And I wanted to try to answer them. Thank you. First thing I found, I think we'll get to this later, but Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. Oh. So that makes sense. We have some waterworks in our future. I'm not sure. Oh, wow. It didn't Jeez. say, and I didn't want spoilers. So we might get to that later. Oh, wow. But we will indeed get more insights into his personal life as well as like some drama's going to go down in his life later on. Whoa. We're going to get that in the second half of Jeremiah. Okay. The first half's kind of more focused on his prophecies, and then the second half we get a little more into his life and some of the trials and tribulations of his life as told by potentially his scribe Baruch. Baruch. Wow. But then Okay. Emily in answer to your question of like did the prophets live with everyone? Were they separate? You know, what what was the deal? So, first of all, there's a gazillion prophets. And people argue a little bit over who technically counts as a prophet or not. Okay. But I did find, you know, some lists that people had of all of the different prophet-type people in the Bible. And one distinction is that we have kind of our, our major and minor prophets, which are the ones who have their own books. Uh, right, so see. that's like the ones we're reading, like Isaiah Hierarchy. and Jeremiah. Again. Okay, yes, I will Y'all say. Y'all are yelling at me for this shit, but all I'm saying is like it occurs. Yes, okay? we have retroactively yeah. instated a hierarchy upon them because in yeah. Judaism and in Christianity, there's like the major prophets and the minor prophets. But there's also a lot of other characters who are considered prophets, but who who like that wasn't their only thing. Mm-hmm. They did other stuff. For example, I just I looked up some of these people and I want to tell you some people who you know personally, oh, intimately from this show. Really? Who who were prophets just to show the range of how they lived. One of the first of those is is Job. Job uh, is counted Job is amongst a prophet? the prophets. Is Job amongst the prophets? What? <laughs> yes. What? He's one of the ones that's counted as that. Um Aaron 
from back in, you know, Mozo's day. Yeah. Also Moses. Okay. Both of them were considered prophets. Yeah. Lived a very different life from that of Elisha and Elijah, who were on the run for a lot of their time, having to, mm. you know, combat the prophets of Baal. There were also prophets of other gods, like like the prophets of Baal. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Abraham was a prophet. Jacob of Jacob and Sons fame. Jacob? Jacob. Ah! <laughs> Counts as a prophet. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, there's so many people like Ahijah. I don't know if you remember him from back in First Kings. I um, recall the name. Yeah, Azariah, Asaph. Like, there's so many, so many, and we're gonna get so many more. But just, jeez, there's a lot. Everything from people who were in hiding most of their lives to people who were the freaking leader of their people conquering other lands. Wow. So it just really runs the gamut. So we can't quite paint with a broad brush and assume that if you're labeled as a prophet, that means a particular status in society. Right. Like you could be running right. for the hills like anyone else. Or you could be running for president. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Running for the hills or running for president. That's the range. Well, because, I mean, if you think about it, part of the deal with the prophets we're reading now is that they're prophesying during a time when they're like, everyone's turned away from Yahweh. It's terrible. We're going to get punished so horribly because of it. Ah, and I'm sure everyone was like, get out of here. We're having fun at the sex and religion shrines. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Versus Always. other times, like during you know Moses's time, it's like he was a prophet. God was speaking to him. Clearly, we you know in his bathrobe, he would come out and say things to him. Yeah, but he was also the one who was able to unite his people and free them from slavery in Egypt. So, like, it really depends on what was going on with the what was popular, what was hot at the of course. time. Was being a prophet <laughs> so hot right now of God hot at that time or not? Mm. Yeah, so that's what I got for you about that. So Jeremiah, hot or not? Amazing. We'll find the answer at the mm. end of the book, I suppose. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yes. Was he a two? Was he a six? Was he a ten? Wow. We'll never know. Wow. We'll never, yeah. Or will we? I mean, we'll we'll have to make that distinction. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should be ranking each of these people by the end of their books. I don't <laughs> I know. By what their, their maybe perceived hotness based on what happened in the book. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's uh, terrible. Maybe that's terrible. Uh, but we uh, could start rating books. You know, give it's like I give uh, this book a yeah. six out of ten. Although our I'd say our rubric will probably improve as we have more context for each of the books. That's true. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Maybe we have to wait and then once we're done with the whole Bible, we can go back and rate all the books. Yeah. Have like the DBS top 10 list. Right. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I want to talk to y'all about hiding places, little hidey holes, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So in our last batch of Psalms that we read, there was this verse about Yahweh being a hiding place, filling my heart with songs of deliverance and stuff like that. And it instantly brought me back to one of my most hated Christian hymns oh, no. ever uh, oh. around. Yes. Yes. So this is a song called You're My Hiding Place. And I looked up a little bit of the history. I have a little bit of my own commentary on it, but I want to play it for you first. It's very short. It's just kind of one refrain that repeats. And so I'm going to uh, have one of those. One it's of those just one of those. Songs. It's just exactly. One of those worship again. songs. So, so why don't you mash play? Okay. Wow. Yikes. 
Okay, that's enough. We can stop. Let's and stop. Just repeats it, over and over it. again. Just repeats <laughs> over and over. We don't need it. We're done. We're done. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, first note. You are my hiding so, place. First note. Sounds like Phantom and, of the Opera a little bit. Okay, yes. Now, that you're not the first one to comment on that. And there's actually some oh, really? debate okay. going down in some forums on the internet. This song was written in 1980. <laughs> 1980. Okay. Phantom okay. of the Opera was written in 86. Technically, this Got song it. came oh. first. But a lot of people are Andrew. commenting on the fact that it sounds a lot like Phantom of the Opera. I mean... Andrew, what have you done? I you know. know. He's known to plagiarize a ton. Mm, so it's a not outside of the realm ton. of possibility. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So the first note is just a tiny rant that I want to go on. And, and Eddie Izzard, the comedian, did comment on this, that when we look at Christian music, if you look at something like, let's say, traditional black gospel, right? Okay. Like out of years and centuries of oppression and murder and just horrible, horrible, horrible things. There's just like really wonderful, vibrant, joyful, catchy music. Like gospel music is fantastic. And then us white people, Uh the white Christians who've had all the power, (laughs) all the influence, Uh all the money for centuries and centuries come up with this shit. And this is not the only song that falls into that no, category. There's, of, there's lots of bad ones out like, there. Like, even though, again, yeah. all the money, all the influence, all the power, and all we can come up with is like, it's like, that's what we can do for worship. And this song, sure. You Are My Hiding Place, is top of the list for me in thinking of just like awful Ick. white evangelical Christian worship songs. Mm-hmm. So I looked into it. It was written by this guy, Michael Ledner, when he like separated from his wife. That's the most that I can find. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, great. Of course. Cool. Cool, cool. <laughs> Surprising absolutely no one. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. Um, He's now, like, I want a song so that everyone else can feel as miserable exactly, as I do right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wow. Now, I also associate this particular (sighs) hymn with the book slash film, The Hiding Place. I don't know if you're familiar with that by any means. No. Or uh, the one John Krasinski and... Definitely not. Emily 100% not. Oh. No, so The Hiding Place was the biography of Corey Ten Boom. I had to read it in school, in Christian school, because um, Corey Ten Boom was a woman where she and her family hid Jews during the Holocaust. And so the book was all about her life. And the subsequent film adaptation of the book, of course, had this song as like its main theme as well. I'm thinking of a quiet place, not a hiding place. You're thinking of the wrong one. Now, to be fair, I'm like, for a Holocaust movie, I get this kind of dreary, sad song. Like, sure, why not? (laughs) Was the version they used at least better than the one that we just listened to? Probably, because I think in the film version, they didn't necessarily have any lyrics. It was just like the refrain, you know. That was like the theme okay. for for the soundtrack. Okay. But it is interesting. Um, so Corey Ten Boom's story is interesting because they, they were a very, very Christian family, but still wanted to do everything they could to protect the Jews or do their Jewish friends from the Nazis. Uh-huh. Looking yeah. back on it now, though, I think it is interesting because like in my school, in my Christian school, we didn't read Anne Frank like most elementary school slash middle school kids do. We did not read Anne Frank. This is the book that we read. That was like our Holocaust 
you know, huh. biography book. Wow. And okay. I think it is interesting to look back on like, we're not going to read the Jews story. <laughs> we're going to read the Christian read a story perspective about Christian. on the Jews story. Yeah. Right. <laughs> not right. to minimize anything that Cory Ten Boom or her family did because they did amazing things and they also suffered incredibly at the hands of the Nazis and were thrown into concentration camps and stuff like that. But I do think it is interesting to see that of, no, 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 we want to go to the Christian mm-hmm. touch point, not the Jewish touch point. Right. Yeah. The Christian We have to make sure important. that the heroes of this story are still Christian. Exactly. It's like yeah. that, that kind of thinking. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Anyway, that's what I can tell you about the hiding Yikes. place. Wow. Wow. What a journey we've been on. Indeed. My goodness. <laughs> Emily, so many Amazing songs like as that. always. So many worship songs like that. Oh, yeah. I have not been privy to them really in my life. I haven't seen them. I haven't listened to them. And I'm all right with that, honestly. Like, I don't need... <laughs> I The ones that I remember are from musicals, generally. Like, Jesus Christ Superstar and that other one. Yeah. What's the other God's one, Spell. <laughs> That's the one, yeah. God's or Joseph Spell. and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. That one too, Jacob. Um, <laughs> and I think that's all that I need in my life, really, quite frankly. So yeah, that's, it's that's all right. Fair. I mean, if yeah, if y'all have been privy to the others, by all means, enjoy them. Embrace I mean, them if you want or don't. That's fine too. You will end up hearing some more by the time we're done with oh, this Oh, most definitely. I know, I know that. There's I know. no escaping it. I know. It's fine. Yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm embracing, but also like taking the things that I like and letting go of the things that I don't. Mm, beautiful. I Good. think that's important yeah. for Love all that. of us. Great. Love that. Yeah. We hope that you do the same as well and that you join us next week for Drunk Bible Study. See y'all soon. <laughs>